needed her water to cook dinner. And now, even the clay pot was destroyed, a valuable asset for the family. So rather than continue home down the path empty-handed, the 13-year-old child slipped the rope from the pot through the branches of a tree around her neck and hung herself. I heard this story on a podcast just a week ago and just sitting there in my car going, this can't be real. This can't be real life. There's no way this can be real life for somebody. And in fact, the guy who was telling the story, he said that he was in a hotel. Uh, the, the, the kind of missionary folks uh, for Charity Water had gone to Ethiopia. They were in a hotel, and one of the men at the hotel told them this story. And they thought it sounded kind of far-fetched. Like, sure, the white folks from America came here. You're trying to tell us this story to really do something in our hearts so we might want to do more. And so he was just determined to find out the truth, the veracity of this story. And so he went and lived in this village, and that's where he gathered the information. This is, for real, the tree where this took place. The question many of us might have after we hear a tragic story like this is, where, where is God in this? Where are you, Jesus? I've had this thought myself on many an occasion, uh, wondering, Jesus, where are you when tragedy strikes, when human suffering seems so great, when a 13-year-old girl has to walk hours and hours and hours for water, it's not fair. Where are you, God? And that's an appropriate question. It's okay to ask those kinds of questions. In Matthew 25, 31 through 40, Jesus tells a parable of sorts. And I want you to hear Jesus' words. Here's where I get into needing two hands, but only having one. Here's what Jesus says. It says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. This is Matthew 25. Sorry if you're trying to follow along. Matthew 25, starting in verse 31. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. He will put sheep on his right and goats on his left. Not saying anything about where you're sitting this morning. And the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So as I thought of this question, Jesus, where, where are you in this? The question flipped, and I realized that I needed to be asking, Chad, where are you? Followers of Christ, where are we in these situations? Theologian and Duke Divinity School professor Stanley Hauerwas, he says this, he says, All people, whether they are Christians or not, know all they need to know to care for the least of these. 
the difference, and this is the part that stung me when I read this, the difference between followers of Jesus and those who do not know Jesus is that those who have seen Jesus no longer have any excuse to avoid the least of these. Because the question of where is Jesus in these moments, it seems to be that Jesus is saying, I am there with Letikiros. I am there with the people of Ethiopia. I am there. That's where I went when I walked the earth. Where are you, follower of mine? Because it's interesting, at the end here of this, of this story, there's this um, surprise, shock, right? The people are, in Jesus' story here, there is a shock. What do you mean we did these things for you? There's a shock in two things. The first shock is that they don't even know that they did these things. There's something about that, that followers of Christ, there's a natural inclination or it's just a natural thing that we would do these things for the least of these. Jesus seems to be implying that, that that's where his followers should be or ought to be. If you, if you are uh, seeking him and living out kingdom of God mentality, you should be in these places where there are the least of these. And then there's this second thing, this second shock or surprise, and that is they're surprised that Jesus says, when you did it for them, you did it for me. Jesus is implying that that's where he is. That's where you'll find him. You'll find him amongst the least of these. And it's a shock to these people. It's a shock to his hearers. This would have been a shock in Bible times of people saying, yeah, where is God? Where is God in the midst of all this? And for God to say, I was there. For Jesus, God incarnate, God in the flesh, to say, I was there with the hungry, the thirsty, the naked, the imprisoned. I was there. That's where you'll find me. That would have been shocking. And it remains shocking today. We have no excuse as followers of Christ to avoid the least of these. Jesus says that's precisely where you will find him. The question remains, as I've already stated, where will we be found? Consider for a moment who are uh, these students have been uh, over the last um, almost 24 hours now or beyond 24 hours at this point. They've been considering the least of these the least of these in our community, the least of these in our county, our state, the least of these in our world. They've been focusing their attention on the least of these. What about the rest of us? How, how do we focus our attention on the least of these? As we sung this morning, how do we have eyes? How do we have a, pray a prayer each and every day that God would give us eyes to see as he sees that we wouldn't just quickly pass by. Uh, this last Friday, a uh, former pastor here, Kurt Fredrickson, that many of you know, took me on a little L.A. adventure. And it was a ton of fun. But it's interesting. You see things very different when you walk the streets than when you pass by quickly in your car. You see things very different. Your eyes are open to realities around you, to the beauty around you. There was places he said, Let, let's go back in here. There's this really cool little water fountain that not many people know about. And you find those things when you slow down and you, and you have different set of eyes. You pay attention differently. And it was interesting to see people and see all the different kinds of people. A couple times just to sit down in a park with Starbucks, my favorite thing to do. Just to sit there. Yeah. <laughs> Philip knows. He knows I'm addicted to Starbucks. Sitting there with our Starbucks and just watch all the people. 
And how otherwise, how easy is it just to have blinders on in one way, and here we go, and not notice everything else that's going on around us? So how can we pray? How can we ask God to, to give us eyes to see as he sees that we would be drawn to the least of these, and in being drawn to the least of these, find Jesus there? Because in this question of, God, where are you in the midst of this suffering I think the answer is clear. He says, I'm there with them. But where are you? Where are you? Finally, in Jesus' parable, we could uh, take this to, to the extent of saying that in caring for the least of these, Jesus is saying we have the opportunity to participate in eternal life. It's, I don't think that's a stretch here. That in caring for the least of these, we are participating in the kingdom of God that is now and not yet, as we've been talking about. Writing from the Taze community in France, one brother says, Alleviating the suffering of others and inheriting eternal life is the true destiny of humankind. That really caught my attention. He says, That is the kingdom prepared for you, says Christ to those who are on his right. The others, frozen in an attitude of refusal, are drawn towards what they had not been destined for, where everything they thought they had achieved goes up in smoke. And finally, he says, It is by attentiveness to our brothers and sisters who are suffering that we attain our true end, the eternal life that was prepared for us since the foundation of the world. It's really struggling with that statement. I had not grown up in church hearing that as a kid. That our true end, eternal life, Jesus seems to be saying, is caught up in our, our willingness to care for the least of these while on this earth. It is by our attentiveness to our brothers and sisters who are suffering that we attain our true end. Wrestle with that statement for a while. In another story, as I close this morning and as we prepare ourselves to participate uh, in something together as a family of faith, a, a little bit of the water walk. Uh, in, in another story, Harrison, uh, who, I, who told the story of Ethiopia earlier, he asked a woman what clean water meant for her and her family. He asked Helen from Uganda, what does clean water mean for you and your family? She answered, surprisingly, now I feel beautiful. He was confused. Helen, he said, you are certainly beautiful. We all think you're beautiful. But she continued to tell him a story of these two jerry cans that she would carry. If you saw the, the blue cans out here, these are jerry cans or the picture of, of the yellow can uh, going back in the slides that was in the cliffs. These are jerry cans. And she would walk to a well where she could get 10 gallons of water a day. That's about two toilet flushes a day. And so she had to make choices with the water. Keep her kids clean, her husband clean, wash school uniforms, cook. And as the woman of the house, she never used the water for herself. So she said, now that there is a clean well in our community, now she has access to 20 or 30 gallons of water a day. She has enough water to clean her face, to clean her clothes, to clean her body. She said, I have a sense of restored dignity. Today, we have a chance to participate in 
in a water walk. You can, Melody's going to explain more, but there's a, a short version. And then if you want to stick around after church, there's going to be a longer version to walk just a, just a smidge, just a tiny bit of walking in the shoes and the, the feet, the bare feet of some of these folks who do this every single day. That we might begin to understand, to empathize, to move our heads and our hearts, our hands and our feet toward the least of these. That in standing in solidarity and, and taking some action that we might not just say, oh, that was a nice thing that we did, but that in doing so, we might begin to understand what it means to find Christ in these places. Not just to do some nice things for people, it's good, but that we would find Christ in these places, that our, our hearts would be changed, our eyes would be changed, our way of understanding the world would be changed, would be more Christ-like. I'm going to pray. There's a short video about the Covenant, Covenant World Relief Project Blue uh, Water Walk you'll be participating in. And then Melody will come up uh, after the video to explain a little bit about what we'll be doing this morning. Would you pray with me? God, the prayer this morning is that you would give us your eyes. God, you would transform our eyes to see as you see. And then, Lord, that you would give us the courage to walk those steps towards those in need. Lord, for many, we don't have to go far. There's those in need right here in our community. We don't have to go far, Lord, to find the least of these who need your presence, your healing touch, your, your hands, your feet. God, give us courage to take that step, to step out, to be your presence for those in need. Transform our eyes, Lord, to see as you see. Be with us as a community of faith as we now participate in this water walk, Lord. Help this to be just one step, one step, Lord, towards the least of these in our world. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.